Hello and welcome to the Accelerate Your Legacy podcast, where we talk all things money and money mindset. My name is Laura Sexton. I am a trusted financial coach and money mindset specialist. My goal with this podcast is to encourage and inspire you as you set out on a financial journey that eliminates stress and amplifies freedom. Today is the day you stop paying for your past and start saving for your future. If you're looking for more peace in your finances and margin in your budget, you've come to the right place. Hey, Accelerators. Last week, we talked about a hard thing. And this week, I want to give you some some tips and some tactical steps in case you ever find yourself in a similar situation. Last week, I told you that my, my friend's father passed away. And it just brought to mind that when we are leaving a legacy, there are just some things that we need to put in place to make sure that those that we love are taken care of when we're gone. This was really pertinent for my client, Tanya. You see, Tanya hadn't been an active participant in her family finances. She had allowed her husband to manage everything and make most of the decisions, which was fine. Until it wasn't. You see, Tanya was 62 years old when she came to me. She had never handled the money because her husband had done it all. And he was really good at it. And he made the most out of everything. And she was so comfortable. But what he failed to take into account is what life would look like if something were to unexpectedly happen to him, which it did. It was a freak accident. And so Tanya came to me and she said, it's going to be nine years before I get out of debt. That's not even including my mortgage. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to retire before then. She's 62. So I said, Tanya, it's going to take, it's going to take two years. We looked through all of her numbers and we looked through her, her future planning. And I, I looked at everything and I said, it's going to be 26 months. It's going to be two years, Tanya, you can do this. No, no, no. It's going to be nine years. And I said, no, Tanya, it's going to be two. And wouldn't you know it, we hit month 18 and she's completely debt free except for her mortgage. She did not think it was going to be possible. She did not think she was going to do it. And I'm here to tell you that she did. And I'm really proud of her. But I want to make sure that you're never in a situation where you have to worry or struggle. So I'm going to give you nine points to take into account of how you can keep yourself from unexpectedly having to take over when you should have been a part of it all along. So point number one is if you are married, you should both be contributing to making the budget. That's right. Both of you. That doesn't mean that both of you need to sit down and make it because I know one of you is going to be better at it than the other one. One of you is going to be like me where you sit down and you love making the budget. I will go six months out. I will kill time throughout the day making a budget because I just enjoy it and I love moving the numbers around and refinagling things. My husband hates it. He comes to the budget meeting and he looks everything over and he will agree to things and he disagrees and he asks questions. And sometimes I have to force him to add something in. I'll put something on the budget like guys night out. And he's like, I don't want to go out. I don't have any friends. Like you do have friends. You need to get out. I try to force him to have fun and to be social. That's really more of a me thing. Sometimes he's just happy being home with me and the kids, which is great. But I have a core group of girlfriends and I know I need it. And I want him to have a core group of guy friends as well. Anyway, all that to say You should both be contributing to making the budget. That means sitting down, going over it at least once a month. I recommend more often than that when you're starting to get in the habit. When you are just getting started, once a week is really best. And then 
in six months time when you've really kind of dialed things in, you can go to having your budget meeting once a month. We meet twice a month because we get paid twice a month. And so I make sure that everything is covered and we didn't miss anything in that first pay period that we need to cover in the second. Point number two, be in agreement before making any big purchases. Okay, I'm saying big purchases and you need to decide what that number is. When you are getting out of debt and you are really struggling, that may be a $50 purchase. Don't make a purchase that's more than $50. However, when you have established yourself, you have money in retirement, you guys are better at sticking with your budget and things like that, you can bump that up. I really think it's important to have fun money. Everybody should have their own spending money once you're out of debt and you have margin in your budget. You should budget in things for you to spend on your own things. If it's something for the family, you guys should have discussions about those things. However, I have money that's just for me to spend on whatever I want. And sometimes I don't spend it on anything because next month I'm going to buy something bigger. Or some months I spend it all on my kids. Sometimes it's I just really feel like going out to Chick-fil-A and I'm going to go take all my kids to Chick-fil-A so I don't have to cook tonight. It really depends on you and how you operate. Everybody should have money that is theirs to spend without somebody micromanaging them. I want you to be in agreement on the big things. And while you're getting out of debt, you should really be talking about every little thing, every little penny, every little bit helps. And every little bit will add up. However, you need to be able to make purchases without somebody looking over your shoulder going, when do you spend that on? Why were you at Walmart? Why did why did you go to the sporting goods store today? You you don't have to be somebody's mother or somebody's father. You don't need anybody micromanaging each other's decisions, unless there's a situation where your spending's really getting out of hand. At which point you want to bring in somebody like me to have conversations with to be a mutual third party, so you guys can get down to why are you overspending? What is the problem here? What is the confrontation? It's very important for you to have fun money in your life, but I want you to be in agreement before making any big purchases. And this is going to really solidify the two of you as a team. Point number three, have a will. Point blank period. You need a will. I know LegalZoom does wills, Mama Bear legal forms. Most states, you need a notary and a witness. Some states, you need a notary and two witnesses. Some states, you just need a notary. Some states, you just need a witness. I don't even know what that is. You people are crazy. Make sure that you have a state-specific will. If you have moved, you need a new will. If you've had more children, you need a new will. If, If you've purchased a home, you need a new will. Like You just need to be updating this as your life changes. Make sure you have a will because what a will does is it cares for the people that you have left behind. It is a note that says, I love you and I've taken care of everything. You don't have to make any decisions because I can guarantee you if something were to happen to my husband, I would be in a fog of grief like you would not believe. And I would have the hardest time making any decision other than I need to make sure my kids are taken care of, clean and fed, to school on time, home, bedtime, and then I'm going to cry my eyes out. I'm not going to have any space and time to think about, do I have to go back to work now? Uh, do I have to, you know, what, what were his wishes? Do what, what am I, like, I don't have to think about any of those things because I've already taken care of that by having a conversation and writing it all down in a will. I can not stress enough to you. 
even if you are fresh out of college and all you have is a cat in a boombox, write it down. If you have a will, then your parents are able to get into your checking account because without it, it has to go through probate court and it's going to be six months. What if you, what if you have bills coming out of your account? Like, how are they going to stop those? They're not even going to know what's in there because they don't have access to your account. And so what little bit of money you do have is constantly getting overdrawn, is constantly getting pulled out because you have things set up on automatic payment, which is really smart. Set up a will so that things can get taken care of. Along that same line, point number four, get term life insurance. You should have 10 to 15 years of level term insurance on you. And it should be about 10 times your income. Now, if you're like me and you're a stay-at-home mom, $350,000 to $450,000 is the policy that you need because my goodness, the work that we do. If somebody were to come in and my husband were to have to hire Mary Poppins to stay home with these crazies, I mean, these kids, it would cost a fortune. And on average, it's around $350,000 a year is what, if you measure everything out, you know, having a live-in nanny, having a live-in chef, having a live-in chauffeur, things like that cost a lot of money. Obviously, it's not going to cost that much when somebody's at home because they're doing all that work. But being a mom is literally having a job where you work two shifts and then you're on call for the third. Okay, so if you are a stay-at-home parent, you need three hundred and fifty to four hundred fifty thousand dollars of life insurance on you. Term life insurance. Do not get this cash value crap. They are not helping you. It is not an investment vehicle because they are making all of the money in the first few years. And then any cash value that you do end up building up in there, they keep it when you die. They pay out face value. That's it. And they keep all of your cash value assets that you've put in there. So no, you don't need cash value. You don't need whole life. You don't need any of that. You need term life insurance for a term of time, 10 to 15 years. If you have little, little kids, 15, make sure that you have life insurance in place. Because if something were to happen to you or your spouse, you should not have to worry about money. You should not have to think, okay, I just, you know, I'm going to have to figure out how to go back to work, right? I have four kids and I know that if something were to happen to my husband, we have a solid life insurance policy and I can live off the interest of, I wouldn't have to do extra work. I wouldn't have to go get a full-time job. I wouldn't have to put my kids in daycare because we have done the work ahead of time to make sure that they're all taken care of, to make sure that I am taken care of, to make sure if something were to happen to me that he is taken care of. Do the work that you need to do ahead of time. It's just a note of saying, I love you to your family when you pass. All right, point number five. Right now we are working with our estate planning attorney. And what we are doing is establishing a trust a guardianship and temporary guardianship. I told you last week, my core group of friends, they are temporary guardians in case something were to happen to me and my husband. And they are temporary guardians until my full-time guardian can get down here because my full-time guardian does not live in this state. She will have to travel down here and I need that my temporary guardians to be able to make decisions for them so they don't end up getting put in the foster care system for one or two days until somebody finds the will. Establish who is going to take care of your children and set up a trust for them so that all of your benefits don't go directly to them and they're 12 years old with $100,000 sitting in an account somewhere 
or, you know, the second they turn 18, they get a million dollars. Like that's not going to help them. An 18 year old with a million dollars is a million reasons to get in a whole lot of trouble. No, you don't want that. Make sure that if something were to happen to you, a trust is set up for your minor children. Point number six, if you own a business, what's your plan there? If something were to happen to you, do you have a legacy plan? Do you have it built in? What's going to happen? If something happens to you, who's going to take over? Who's going to call your clients? Who's going to cancel your invoices? Who's 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 going to do all the things? Who's going to take care of you if something were to happen to you? You need to make sure that you have a succession plan in place. Again, this is when you can work with a really good estate planning attorney. Make sure that your business, your legacy in your business can either carry on or it can close up shop well. You want to make sure that one of the legacy pieces you leave behind is that you finish things with integrity. Point number seven is a two-parter. The first is passwords. Your passwords need to be written down somewhere where somebody can find them to take care of things that you previously took care of. And the other one is your social media accounts. You need a plan for your social media accounts. You can write it in your will that somebody is allowed to go in and close them for you. Technically, a lot of the sites have terms and service policies that say that somebody can't shut them down for you. I believe that if I put it in my will and have it legally written down that somebody can come in and close those. So you want to have your passwords written down and your logins for social media. You just have your logins and your passwords for everything written down in case something crazy were to happen and you are able to have all of this in one place. That's what that's what we're really getting to. We want to make sure that the people we leave behind are well taken care of. Point number eight, have your documents or copies of your documents conveniently located. We're going to call this a legacy drawer, a legacy box, a legacy safe, whatever you want to call it, legacy folder. You want to make sure that you have all of your documents in one place. That's your your budgets, that's your will, your insurance, your guardianship paperwork, your business paperwork, your passwords, your social media, all of that needs to be in a folder where people know to look for it. I cannot tell you how comforting it is when something happens to someone and they're able to walk over to a drawer or to a folder in the office, you know, they know exactly where it is. It's in this cabinet over here this is where I pull out this file folder and I know that right here is everything I need and I don't have to go looking for it I don't have to go searching for things and I don't have to wonder and I don't have to worry it's all just there that that's really what we're doing here we're trying to make things so easy and I've said it multiple times in this podcast we're trying to love on the people that we leave behind finish well and everything you do finish well Speaking of finishing well, that comes to point number nine. Have handwritten notes to the people that you love. Write them messages. If you have minor children, write them notes that you would love for them to get when they go to prom, when they get their driver's license, when they get married. We don't often think about these things, but handwritten notes from the people we love. I can't think of anything sweeter we are in a day and age where everything is digital and you can type things up or you can do a voice recording. That would probably be cool too because they're going to want to hear your voice. Write a handwritten note. Let them know how much you love them. Let them know how much they mean to you. They will treasure it. They will treasure it forever. And then make sure that it's in that folder with everything else so nobody has to go looking for it. Nobody has to worry. Love your people well. 
If you don't have these steps in place and you don't know where to get started, you can reach out to me. I'm absolutely happy to have a conversation with you. And if you heard something on this podcast that you feel like other people need to hear, please share it. I would love for more people to know how to love their family well and how to finish well. All right, guys, if you need to implement things, go out and make a difference. Thank you for spending some of your most precious resource, your time, working on yourself today. But don't just listen to the show. Implement something you heard. If you found a piece of today's show valuable, chances are you have a friend who will too. So please share this with them. And if you feel led, please rate and review the podcast to help spread the word. Remember, the legacy you leave is not just dollars and cents in a bank account, but the tools, habits, mindset, and reputation you leave behind. If you have questions or need encouragement, send me a DM on Instagram at Accelerate Your Legacy or check out the resources listed in the show notes. I'll be back next week. Bye for now.